My name is Andrew Sladke, and I'm just so glad to be here with you guys this week in this series um, tackling this question, who is Jesus? And um, in, in week one last week, Alice was here, and she taught us about this um, idea that Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, and he is God, right? So there's already mystery in who Jesus is in this question. And so this question, it's a big one, and it can be really rewarding to explore. And it can also be kind of a tough one to explore sometimes because there's often this gap between who we uh, experience Jesus to be or who we've heard that Jesus is and then like our actual life experience, right? Sometimes uh, we hear all these different, these different things about Jesus. He is good and he's a miracle worker and um, he's all-knowing and perfect and creator. And then we have our life experience. And sometimes those things don't seem to add up. On the one hand, you've been told or believed that God can do anything. And on the other hand, there's something right now in your life that God has not done or will not do that you've seen him do for someone else. Maybe you've heard stories of God at work in other people's lives. We share those kinds of stories all the time around here at Orchard. Um, maybe how he's helped somebody uh, like overcome an addiction, uh, but you're, you've prayed and prayed and you're still struggling with that yourself. Or maybe you've seen him help somebody fill some sort of emptiness or loneliness, and yet you're still lonely. You've heard maybe stories in the Bible or you've seen in real life Jesus like healing people and yet you just buried a loved one. If God was really all-powerful, then he would show up, right, in those circumstances. He would have maybe even done something before it was too late. Why would a good God allow a bad thing to happen? This is often a question that when we get to it, it stops us from exploring our faith any further. For some, it stops them from exploring the Christian faith at all. And it's an incredibly difficult question to answer. So what do we do with this question? What do we do with the answer? And then what does that say about who Jesus is? And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And we're going to do it through the story of a man named Lazarus. And so we're going to be in the book of John, if you turn that to that in your Bible, or we're going to just have it up on the screen here as well. So John chapter 11, we're just going to start right in verse 1 here. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. And this is just pointing to another story, but Jesus is friends with these people. So he gets this message, and um, when Jesus receives this message, he said, this sickness will not end. In, oh, sorry, we missed the message. Um, can we move <laughs> to the next slide here? So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, for God's glory, it's God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. Okay, so, so far we've established that Jesus has this friend named Lazarus who he loves, and he finds out from Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, 
that Lazarus is sick. And he's about a day's walk away from where they're at in Bethany right now. Um, And then Jesus declares, and we're not really sure who he says this to, but he says, this sickness will not end in death. And I also just want to point out in this message, because this is something that I just kind of noticed for for my own personal, like when I'm praying to to God, the message that he gets, uh, there's no mention of a name. There's no like specific request. It's just the Lord, the Lord, the one you love is sick. And he knows what to do with it. So sometimes, I, just as a personal application, I'm like, all I have to do is show up. You know, I don't have to have some big request or I don't even have to be specific. God knows. Jesus knows. Okay, so we're going to keep going. The story gets interesting here in verse 5. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he called an Uber. And he had them take him straight to the hospital. You don't believe that this is what it says, huh? Well, in fact, it's not what it says, but it would make sense, right, that you hear that somebody that you love is sick, so you, like, rush straight to them, right? Here's, in fact, what it actually says. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Hold on. (laughs) So he stayed two more days. Jesus loved them, so he waited two more days before coming. This just doesn't make sense, right? Why wait? Why not show up? Because he loved them, he waited. We continue on in uh, verse 11. He went on to tell them, his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. And his disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better, right? Sleep, you know, that's good rest for us. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Okay, wait a minute. If, as if this couldn't get a little bit more interesting, uh, it's like you told us two days ago that this wasn't going to end in death. Now you're saying he's dead? <laughs> and you're glad that you weren't there? Who says something like that? And then I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert here and kind of spoil the end of the story uh, because sometimes the best stories, like you get to the end and you're like, I got to go back to the beginning now and read that whole thing again. But this is just going to help us kind of understand the rest of this. Spoiler alert, (laughs) Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead in the end of this story. So he knows what's going to happen in the end. And it's probably why he chose the word sleep because what the disciples understand as death, as final, Jesus understands differently. He knows that this is a temporary state that Lazarus is in. And so in a way, a weird way, he's glad that people believe Lazarus to be dead because they're about to be given new grounds for believing. And we continue on. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that we may also die with him. It's very brave of you, Thomas, to say that. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, give a little bit of history here, too. G- Jewish tradition at the time had taught that the soul kind of hovers over a dead body for three days before it finally leaves 
on the fourth. And so although this isn't something that's really taught in the Bible, this was part of the culture. And the significance here is if this is what people at the time believed, Jesus made sure that he waited until the fourth day so that people would know for a fact that Lazarus was truly dead before he did what he was about to do. Verse 18 Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. So we've got a a crowd forming here. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. So Martha goes out and meets, meets Jesus and says, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. She's angry right? She's sad. She's upset. She's hurt. I want to note that she still calls him Lord. Like, even though he didn't save her brother, she still believes he could have saved her brother. And this actually probably gives her even more reason to be angry with him. Like, she knows he could have done something. It also shows me that you can be angry and still have faith or believe. She continues this faith by saying, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered back to this, well, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. (laughs) It's like she's saying, I know my theology. I get it. (laughs) But that's not really where I'm at right now. I'm actually grieving the loss of my brother I wanted you to get here sooner so that we didn't have to wait for a last day. And then Jesus says something that literally changes everything. Jesus said to her, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. It's like Martha's saying, I I know he'll rise on the last day. And Jesus is saying, well, that's now. In fact, that's me. He continues and says, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Just like Jesus had said previously that Lazarus wouldn't die, but he did. He's saying, you will physically die, but spiritually, you won't. Again, we've got this, like, mystery happening here, right? So she says back to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside and said, the teacher is here and is asking for you. Which, by the way, when we don't choose to go to Jesus and storm out to the gates in our anger or our disappointment in in him or our pain, when our interaction with him doesn't look like faithful Martha's, he still asks for us, and he still invites us. So when Mary heard this, she got up quickly And went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up 
and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. So another clue. I'm just so, in this story, I'm so interested in where people are and where they're going and where they're moving. And, you know, Jesus is staying outside. When we move toward Jesus, even if we're angry <laughs> or even if people don't know where we're really moving, but when we move toward Jesus, other people move with us. So all these people are following Mary out to Jesus. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then two simple words reveal an incredible amount about who Jesus is. Two words. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Remember at the beginning of this story, Jesus said this was not going to end in death. In fact, he said he was glad he wasn't there to heal Lazarus because raising him from the dead would be new grounds for people's belief in who he was. Jesus knows what's going to happen in the end, right? And he has every reason to just be like, okay, well, wait, wait, don't cry. <laughs> don't be sad, just wait, just wait and see what's about to happen. But he doesn't. Instead, he sits with Mary and all of these friends of Lazarus who are deeply saddened by their friend's death. And he weeps. He grieves. He mourns. A few months ago, um, my wife, Sarah, and I learned that we were pregnant for the very first time. Um, and it was an extremely joyous time as we celebrated uh, with our families and got to tell a few close, close ones. And we were just about to share this news with some of our close friends when we learned that our baby was not going to make it. Uh, we ended up experiencing a miscarriage at about nine weeks, which is such a short time and also felt like such a long time to be dreaming of this child and the life that we would live with him or her. Instead of getting to share this exciting news with close ones, um, we had to make phone calls and share that we were grieving a loss. Ironically, <laughs> At that exact same time, I was preparing this very teaching for our college ministry basic, so I was spending plenty of time in the story of Lazarus. And I could not have felt closer to Mary and Martha. We were asking all kinds of questions. We were deeply saddened, we were angry, expressed our disappointment. It was extremely hard not to wonder why, after we've prayed for this baby, we've been so expectant, 
with this good God who we are so confident loves us allow something like this to happen? And having read this story, knowing this, like, it's not going to end in death, it gave us a little bit of hope, but it was, it was difficult, and it still is difficult to find hope in that sometimes, that this long-term thing, someday, far from now, we, we will meet that baby. And so I couldn't be more thankful for those two words. Jesus wept. Who is Jesus? He's a lot of things. Jesus is our friend. Jesus is your friend. Sarah and I felt Jesus with us through people who reached out to us, who showed up at our house, sent us a message, cried with us, just sat and listened. We found Jesus to be our friend um, just in each other, in our relationship with each other. I mean, as we're grieving this you know, loss of a child or loss of dreams that are to come, loss of security, like will this happen again? Did we do something wrong? We had people who were walking alongside us the whole way. <laughs> and so here we have in this story, this beautiful picture, this God of the universe, huge God, a mystery who we cannot understand, who is so big, who's the author of the beginning and the middle and the end and the creator of everything we see. And he doesn't just say, wait, just wait, don't be sad. Look where we're going. In fact, he doesn't say anything at all. He weeps with us. It's a beautiful picture. That said, if you're anything like me and you ask questions in your head, you might be asking, well, well why even get to the point where we're weeping if this could have been prevented? And if you're asking that question, you are absolutely not alone. In fact, in the next few verses, there are people who are here asking the exact same thing. We continue the story in verse 36. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said, as if he couldn't have done that himself. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there, well, you see, there's this, there's this bad odor because he's been here for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of of God. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So 
Jesus is having this conversation with his father, basically saying, look, you and I are so closely connected, and we know that. But I want everyone else here to know that too, so that when I do what I'm about to do, all of the questions and doubts that these people have get answered in me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. You can imagine the people in the crowd just like, like astonished. So Jesus said, go on, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I told you what was going to happen, and it still is amazing. But there's that lingering question, why wait? Why do it this way? And I I just think, I think that there was something about Jesus' character, there was something about his character that they would not see if he had shown up at the sickbed. He had to show up at the tomb. Like they needed to, he needed to show them his power. They needed to see his power in a way they had never seen before. They had seen him healing people. They had seen healing. But Jesus did not just come to heal. Jesus showed up at exactly the point in time where he knew the biggest impact would come. This is actually like the most incredible miracle Jesus ever performed aside, of course, from his own resurrection. In fact, this miracle is like the launch point for people who are like, we're out to get Jesus, we want Jesus dead. Little do they know, he has actually already conquered death. This is new, this is new for people, this is new about who Jesus is. I also want to be, as we explore this question, I want to be incredibly clear, and I want you to hear me on this. I do not believe that God causes bad things to happen. And I also don't believe that he intentionally allows something bad to happen at random just to test us or just as a punishment. I think we get this wrong and we negotiate like, well, but maybe we did something wrong in our faith. I didn't have enough faith. So this bad thing happened. I don't, that's not how it works. And this story is really clear about this. I mean, I mean, this story could have been about Jesus raising any old person back from the dead. But John was very clear in his writing to tell us that this was a person that Jesus loved deeply. It wasn't easy for him to let this happen either. It troubled him. He was deeply moved to the point of weeping. He didn't just wait and test Martha to see, you know, well, you know, let me just test Martha on this one because maybe if this happens again in the future, she'll be a little bit stronger. That's not saying that at all. He waited because people didn't need to see another miracle that he could do. They needed to see who he was, life itself. There was this like wow moment at the end when Lazarus is raised from the dead, right? People are probably astonished. They've been literally doubting him the entire time. 
And there's this wow moment at the end of the story for everybody. And, and the truth is we might not always know when our wow moment's going to come. And it's hard to be in that waiting period. For some of us, it could be this afternoon, and I hope it is. I don't know when Sarah and I will say, oh, yeah, that's why we had a miscarriage. I have hope that the day after our last day on earth, <laughs> we will have some kind of understanding and some kind of wow moment. What is that for you? What is that for you where you feel like God maybe just isn't showing up? I, I mean, we experience this all the time in the death of a loved one, in the death of a dream. Something happened, and I know that my life will never look the same again. Maybe a lost relationship or the change of a season in our anxiousness or our self-doubt or in our anger and our resentment. Where is Jesus? Where's my wow moment? I've been praying. Maybe in our culture or our country or the middle of a pandemic. Have you asked yourself that question before? Here's the hope. While we don't always understand why Jesus doesn't meet our expectations now, we can have hope that as hard as life in this broken world is, he has overcome the very thing that we repeatedly mistake as final. Death. And in the meantime, we can know that he is with us in our mess, in our sorrow, in our disappointment, in our anger. And he's weeping with us. And if you're celebrating something today, he is jumping for joy with you too because he is our friend. Jesus is asking us to take him to where we've buried these things, buried our loss or our resentment or our anger or our disappointment or our worries. He's asking us to take him there and take away the stone and let him do his work. And we don't have to know, although it's hard, we don't have to know what he's going to do in order for us to place our hope in him. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. And in the meantime, he's also our friend. Jesus is the end of the story and, spoiler alert, this story, our story, does not end in death. Let's pray. Jesus. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you've overcome death. Sometimes that's the only thing we can cling to. Sometimes we're angry or confused or upset. God, why did this happen? And so God, Jesus, thank you for being our friend too. Thank you for showing yourself in the people around us. Thank you for helping us feel not alone. And we put our trust in you and our hope in you. 
that you've got a wow moment coming for us. And we cannot wait to see that day. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.